welcome to Q&A Quest episode 202. I'm your host, Mike Apps, a.k.a. Wheels, and with me as always... Never saw it coming, David McCrony, Fanboy Master. And completely blind without my glasses, Michael <laughs> Baker. Gaijin Minokatari, yes. Jinkies. Jinkies. So, exactly. Uh, so, how are we doing? What, what are we playing? What are we playing? Well, I'm still playing the incredibly weird game here. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to status updates on that. Yep. It's uh continues to be weird. Well, that that's as advertised, I guess. Yeah. But anything worth commenting on or just uh um just figuring out where to go is kind of interesting because it, it's largely a, a huge series of interconnected areas. Mm. And it's quite possible to go to bypass several places that you probably should visit first. <laughs> that can be fun. It can also be extremely frustrating. So Yes, especially if you wander into an area called the Lava Bakery without any water-based weaponry. Mm. Yeah. So. As it is, um, I have maxed out all the levels I currently have available. Okay. Which is fun um and um so i, I can do things like um, so i can walk on water for short periods of time i can use a specific item to avoid lava damage and i'm also able to om nom nom my way through that most durable material in existence chocolate <sighs> so mm -hmm. which means i can just bypass certain obstacles now that's good yep it is a weird game. So that's kind of what you want, though. So. Yeah. And a lot, and a huge amount of it is based on just picking stuff up and throwing it at other things, which is fun. So. Especially since those other things are generally trying to kill you. <laughs> Either that, or the things that you're picking up are trying to kill you. Or both. Or neither. Yeah. Probably both. Probably both. Yeah. So where are you playing, Dave? Uh, let's see. Um, I threw on... Uh, let's see. I, I threw in Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, started replaying that on critical mode. That's extraordinarily hard. Um... Perhaps more than I bargained for, but I mean, it's kind of a point, so I don't get to complain. But, you know, just every so often I taught when I'm between uh, <laughs> between uh, other obligations, I throw in the uh, I, th I boot back up the PS5 and uh see how many times I can quickly die against whatever boss I'm stuck on and then move on and then like occasionally I kill it and I'm like oh well I guess I'm committed to playing this for another hour <laughs> like, but you know a lot of the time I just die a couple times and I'm like okay well I gotta go back to doing whatever I was doing so that's uh, that's been a low commitment game oh, I was okay. gonna say kind of like the dog what does the dog do when it finally catches the car yeah, yeah, it doesn't, I don't really know, I, I don't boot it up with the expectation that I'll beat whatever boss I'm stuck on, so it's always a little 
perplexing when I actually do. But yeah, it's uh, it's still really good. I still really enjoy it. It's just, you know, playing on critical mode is extraordinarily hard. So that's been an interesting thing. It'll, it'll level out as I get further in, as critical mode always does, because eventually you get uh, enough options and weapons of such extreme power that uh, it won't really... Like, the the limited health matters less. But for now, it's, you know, it's beating, beating the hell out of me, so that's fun. Uh, otherwise, uh, I've been playing more Persona 5 Strikers. I got to a boss that was hard enough that I was just like, mm, this is asking too much of my capacity to babysit uh, three AI characters and keep track of everyone's... Uh, Keep track of everyone's like HP and SP, so I knocked it down to easy. I might bump it back up later, but for right now, it's just like that's that's kind of what I want. I want something a little breezier. So uh, continuing to truck along with that. And oh, how are the dungeons? Uh, they're good. Excellent. I mean, like they're more interesting than a. Uh, they they feel much more like a Persona Five dungeon that has been uh, made wider and simplified somewhat than they feel like a uh, Muso battlefield that's been given dungeon elements. So that's about all you could ask for. Um, Otherwise, uh, so that's been going well. And otherwise, uh, a prophecy was fulfilled. I ordered a copy of Bravely Default 2. Mm -hmm. And... How bravely uh, and Amazon was really, really interested in fulfilling that prophecy because I ordered it this morning and it's already in my hand. <laughs> that so was that fast. Concerning. Didn't really expect. Like, like I, I set up the order and it was just like, <laughs> order within four hours and uh, order within four hours and have it by the end of the day. And I was just like, for free shipping. And it's like, uh, you sure about that? <laughs> they must it be turns out they folks were. From Minority Report. Say what? They must be hiring the folks from Minority Report. Yeah, it was concerning, but I, I got it. So I mean, they were right, I guess. I'm concerned that they were right, but they were right. <laughs> it's uh, fine, maybe. But yeah, so that. Like the the things I've heard from people who had similar issues as I from Bravely Default One imply that it will not rub me the wrong way so much. So hopefully I can say something about that in the coming weeks. I'll probably try to finish Strikers before I seriously dig into Bravely Default Two. Yeah, I I've liked what I've played so far, but uh, something else is coming out soon that's going to. Certain shove it into the dustbin for hunting a while. monsters game. Yes, hunting action. What? Not no adventure on the frontier. No, no. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's kind of what I've been up to. So wheels. Well, Operation Finish 2 Ridiculously Long RPGs Before Monster Hunter comes out is coming to a head. That's... Really, it's really going to come down to this week, really. Yes, because that's out next week. Yes, yeah, uh, 26th, I think. Yeah. Um, Dragon Quest Seven. I made some very good progress. We finished 
all the tablets resurrected God, who turned out to be kind of a jerk. Yeah. Uh, so, got Maribel back, and then I enjoyed how the game was frankly like, hey, how about you go play as Sir M- Mervyn only for a little bit? Wouldn't that be funny? That's absolutely an anti-wheels choice. Yes. Uh, thankfully, it was pretty short, and I'm already past that. Uh <laughs> You just resent it. Yes. So off on an adventure to find the four spirits, and then hopefully the end game from there. But uh, doing pretty good there. And I have played a ridiculously large amount of Persona 5 as well, to the point where my uh, the, the time counter on that has exceeded Dragon Quest Seven, And Whoa. is almost <laughs> at 100 hours now. <laughs> if Wheels were playing the vanilla release, he'd be almost done, but he wasn't, so he's not. Yes. Well, I have said that the bon- the bonus new content does not count towards towards this. I would like to try and finish it before Monster Hunter comes out, but if I don't, that's okay. I'll still dabble in it and finish that up afterwards. But I am at I'm in the end game, the vanilla end game, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah, in vanilla, this would be the last thing you do. Okay. So, it looks like maybe I'll be able to finish. We're going to have to see on Dragon Quest, because I could get stuck in another boss and get into some serious trouble. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. You're, you're in a place where you might need to do some grinding in Royal, but you should be fine. Yeah. I mean, um, I've I've had to like the last few bosses I've had to like redo, but I'm not not because I was under leveled, just because I had to just adjust some strategy a bit, and I was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, pretty much all I've been playing, other than some occasional games of Apex Legends, which uh, after all my making fun of battle royales for years, I'm very much enjoying. So. Just gonna eat, eat crow. Some, yeah, just gonna eat some crow and and not do that anymore. So now you guys die on crow soup. Hey Sammy. Another fun thing you can do in this game, since you have the option for a temporary immunity to lava, and enemies follow you all over the place if they can. I think hmm. you can see where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they kind of deserve it. <laughs> yeah, they do. They really do. But yeah, just to show what kind of game this is, the, the regular currency is salami slices. You know what? Sure, that's valu- <laughs> that's valuable to me. It, it, even better, the the special currency that's used to buy upgrades in town is uh, kibble. It's dog biscuits. <laughs> sure, why not? Exactly. Why not? Anything. Anything. Man, I don't know. I don't know why I'm thinking about it, but now I'm thinking about that new Ninja Turtles game they announced a week or so ago. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Looks Shredder's so Revenge. Uh, it's by uh, Tribute. Yep. Makers of mostly Scott Pilgrim devs, I think. And yeah, they made. Um... 
Flint Hook, one of my favorite recent oh, yeah, Flint type Hook games. Nice. And what else do they make? Uh, Mercenary Kings, some recent platformery game, Panzer something. Yeah, uh, they're very yeah. good with pixel art type stuff. So yeah, they're they're former uh, former Ubisoft people. They, their history with Ninja Turtles games apparently dates back to the. GBA game based off of the 07 movie. Holy so. crap. All right. Wow. Excellent. Uh, it, huh. it's, it, the game looks great, but it made me think that, like, uh, I'm looking forward to the day when more people are nostalgic for the other Ninja Turtle cartoons that are actually way better than the original. <laughs> like, all of them are. Well, this isn't really based off of the cartoon. It's based off of the uh, Turtles in Time, which was in turn based uh, off the cartoon. I, I know, I know. You know what I mean, though. Like, that, that whole style, I'm getting kind of sick of. I don't know that it's actually possible to displace the original cartoon, since so many other things are riffing on it. It's true. I was going to say, wheels, wheels, I hate to tell you, but can you guess what's actually on my t-shirt right now? The original Ninja <laughs> Turtles. The original Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Gekikame Ninja Den. Yeah. Still love that they, like, Konami released the first Ninja Turtles game in Japan before it had an official Japanese localization, so that one has a different name from all the other ones. But, yeah, I, I mean, like, especially especially within games. Like, games love to call yeah, back to the yeah, I know. And even even my favorite show, the 2012 one, had crossover episodes with the original characters. Surprised were, me if it had crossover episodes with the 03 ones too. Which were especially <laughs> hilarious when they were like asking the original Ninja Turtles why they don't really use their weapons. Listen, <laughs> standards and practices. Uh, that does remind me that I'm kind of sad that the most recent show probably won't have an Usagi Yojimbo crossover since there's now an officially licensed Usagi Yojimbo cartoon that might interfere with that. Aww. It's been a tradition for since the 80s cartoons. So. I'm not sure if the most recent yep. show is like actually over or not. I haven't heard I'm not talking about, about it whether it's over or not, but like just since there's an Usagi Yojimbo show, it yeah. might complicate I got it. I got it. Yeah. See, is that, I, it's been unclear to me if that show still exists. <laughs> Yeah, the, it was supposed to have like some Netflix movies that I don't know what's going on with those, but I think the actual show itself is like over and done with. Which is, is she running? Is, I have not actually seen any of the shows in the series since the original, literally. So I have no idea what you're talking about now. Uh, you, We're uh, on TV series number four at this yeah, point. The, the 2012 one I highly recommend, even though its 3D animation may look a a little dated a lot of people that either loved the original show or worked on the original show are involved including some of the original voice actors and it's very very good at least one of the original voice actors is voicing a different turtle yes um uh rob paulson Mm. uh who voiced Raphael, voices donatello (laughs) just weird to think about yeah and, uh, yeah, and, and that of course means when they have those crossovers, he's, in fo- <laughs> he's doing two of the turtles. Yeah, the thing yeah, that would that be tragic Japanese, and it's fun now. Hey, the thing. Oh, go ahead. 
Uh, no, it was just I'm remembering some of the crossover video games in Japanese where if they accidentally have two characters with the same voice actor meet up. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's always some sort of conversation going, don't those two sound a lot alike? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I remember it like actually a third of all Project Super Cross Robot Zone. Wars jokes. It happened in Project Cross Zone at one point. <laughs> because one of the guys from um, Resonance of Fate voiced a different character from uh, God Eater. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. I think the real tragedy that'll happen if Rise of the TMNT is dead is that uh, it will break the tradition of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoons lasting way longer than you ever dared imagine. Because, <laughs> like, True. the original, like, 80s show aired its last episode in, like, 1995. Like, they yeah. were still producing new episodes. That was how many years of episodes? Uh, about eight years. It started in, like, 87. Yeah. Let me be double sure that it was whether it was ninety five or not. But like, uh, yeah, uh, no, I was wrong. It was nineteen ninety six. Wow. Very last. Uh, like the the thing is that the vast majority of episodes were created in the first few years. But like they would keep ordering like a handful of new episodes to add to the syndication package every year for a number of years afterwards. Okay, that explains it a bit better. Yeah. Uh, I I remember a lot of the later seasons are like 10 episodes or something like that. Yeah, they're like 9 or 10 episodes each, but it's just very funny to me that they just lasted an ungodly amount of time. Yeah. And then the 2003 quote unquote series, as it was distinguished at the time, I believe lasts until like at least 09. (laughs) Yeah. And that has some weird seasons too. (laughs) Yeah, there, there was like an entire season that they junked and then brought back. Hmm? It was just like the... the jump to like, the future. For, yeah, like they, they junked an entire season and, and like treated them as lost episodes and oh, then yeah, like that's... the future season wasn't popular so they brought back the... It non-fish. Was, it was like... There's, the, a lot of them. there's a season they go to Japan. That's the one they junked, I think. Yeah. I think that one's called like Ninja Tribunal or something. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, like they, I guess they thought that that would, Fox, who was running the show at the time, thought that that would be more popular. So they just skipped to the, they thought that the episodes uh, in the future would be more popular, so they skipped these. <laughs> that sounds yeah, like they, did, they made 12 episodes of this and they just junked them. But, and then. Like, it, yeah, it finally ceased airing in 2010, so that got a full seven years. Uh, I think the CG cartoon was from, like, 2012 to about 2016 or 17? Something like that, yeah. Let's see. Uh, and seems to have concluded with... Wait, there was a 2D animated special of that? Yes. The... Uh, what's this? I forget what it's called. It's involved dinosaurs. I mean, that owns. It's called Half Shell Heroes Blast to the Past. Yeah, that that one's really funny. <laughs> I can't even imagine what like they they just decided to make a two D episode, a two D special. That's kind of neat. And yeah, that ceased airing episodes in late twenty seventeen. So they were just like, it's just it just never stopped. Like like Teenage Mutant, even if. 
Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is actually done, I would fully expect that they're just going to roll directly into another interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other reason that uh, that it's hard to completely distance yourself from the 80s series is that that one lasted so long and so many things are kind of based off of it, like the movies, like the uh, Archie comics, which are different from the Mirage comics or the Idea Wave comics. Uh, or, like, the uh, Best Left Forgotten Next Mutation. <laughs> they got to cross over with Power Rangers in space. Uh, I've seen those episodes. What, of Power Rangers in space? No, the crossover. Uh, yes. Uh, I forget what it's called. I just remember... Uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in their horrible puppet selves uh, turning... Uh, like, they... They steal the Power Rangers' uh, spaceship and they hack it and it starts yelling about being certified turtle-fied. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's extremely bad. Yeah. Yes, you're certainly not making me nostalgic for anything I might have missed in the last two decades. There's anything that was an animated show has at least one good season. Yeah, no, and the, lots of good seasons. Like even usually plenty. Like yeah, oh, yeah. It's like uh, the first season of Rise of the Ninja Turtles has some like dumb humor in it. But, I mean, it is for children. Yeah, but it gets. I say it ain't so. Huh. But it gets pretty cool when it eventually brings Shredder in, and also has John Cena voicing a character, which is interesting. I remember the OC, the O three show having a uh, an episode that they kind of like just decided not to air very often because it was upsetting. Um, upsetting how? Uh, kind of a body horror kind of upsetting. Oh, okay. Uh, there's, there's some episode about Baxter Stockman. Noted for uh, Iron Man. Yeah, that, yeah, enough said there. Yeah, I don't know how often this actually... Yeah, the episode did not air on U.S. affiliates of 4Kids TV because the content of the episode was deemed too graphic in nature. Like it's it's not you know obviously it's not too horrendous but it was like one of those I'm impressed you thought this would fly with a children's show. It's funny. It's basically, that it... just like he clones. I think it's he clones a body for himself to try to fix his horrible flyman nature, but it just starts rotting off of him. So that sounds just about right. I mean, good reference to the concept of the fly and just general concepts, but also I don't think children are going to be huge on that. Stockman gets effed up in that show. Yeah. I feel like he loses an eye early on when he fails Shredder or something. That sounds about that's right. That, that series is like very much loves homaging the comics as much as it can storyline-wise, given that the comics are very, very not for children. <laughs> I'm glad that we just, I've just let this 
descend into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yes. cast. I apologize. Can, can we talk about the the theme song to the 2003 show real quick? One, two, three, four turtles. It's a shell of a time. Yes. <laughs> turtles counted off. What about it? <laughs> uh, at first, I hated it, and then it either wormed its way into my brain, or I grew to appreciate it. One of the two. Also, I think the only one that has a theme song that does not contain any homages to the 80s show. <laughs> There's actually, uh, uh, to, as to, to tie off this entire discussion, I will bring up the uh, Ninja Turtles OVA, which uh, was made by, uh, which <laughs> sometimes known as Mutant Turtles Superman Legend. Interesting. Go on. It's a uh, it's a Japanese direct-to-video two-episode little animated thing that actually kind of owns. Interesting. Worth seeking out. Uh, I don't know that it ever got an official English dub. It might have gotten. I'm not even convinced it got an official English release, but it's worth seeing. <laughs> I believe it was actually referenced in uh, Turtles Forever in some capacity. But, yeah, it's it's neat. Uh, it has some stylistic... It shares a lot of stylistic uh, visual concepts with the 80s show, but made at, like, a million times higher quality animation, so... Hmm. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, like, it's two episodes. They're both 25 minutes. You're not spending a lot of time if you seek it out, but... Yeah. Okay, well, as it turns out, all of us are nostalgic and old, so... You're old. Uh, we are the proper audience for this. It was, it was just the inevitable end point. Wheels, I'm younger than you. You're old. Um, <laughs> see. Harsh. Says the father... I'm not actually sure how old either of you are, but sure. Uh, we're remembering this TV show as if we probably saw it firsthand, so yes, we are old. Yeah. I was on the younger side of the 80s show's demographic, but I was I, I remember it. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, let's see. But yeah, we should we should probably get to an actual question rather than just indulging this forever. Um, Are there any about the Ninja Turtles? I doubt it. But there should have been. I want everyone, while I'm looking okay. for any questions, so, you might have missed. There we go. Feasibility of a Ninja Turtles RPG. Uh, extremely high. You yeah, already, I think you can make that work. You have pretty a built in well. party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the real question just becomes like, how do you assign this party? I mean, you don't. I mean, you just make their regular characters their character classes. You don't have to worry about that aspect. Well, that's what I mean, like what their classes end up becoming. Like, I, I mean, Raph's the tank. Uh, See, uh, the Un- yeah, um, Donatello is the science guy, so. Probably wizard. Healer, maybe? <laughs> no, we don't really need a healer role just because that's not really within sure. their character for any of them. Yeah. So mage. I feel like uh, Michelangelo is the weirdo, vaguely trickier character, ends up as like a debuffer. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm, again, I'm only remembering the original show, but Raphael was the rogue. Yeah, but Raphael is, in later portrayals especially, Raphael is the violent one, which is why oh, okay. I assigned him Tank. Okay. <laughs> Michelangelo is the bard. Go for it. That's fair, that's fair. Mm. 
You can give yes. him buffs and debuffs and such. Yeah. And crazy tricks. Yeah. Yeah. Or they all have crazy tricks of some sort. But I do want uh, I do want everyone's favorite turtle when they were growing up. Michelangelo. Michelangelo. I like Donatello. It's always Michelangelo and Donatello, except for the occasional root boys that love Raphael. My wife liked Raphael. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair Remember fair. at the time, Raphael was just kind of like the fourth one. <laughs> Leonardo's the one that I would never hear anyone say was their favorite, because he was just the, one, the, the leader, the boring one. <laughs> uh, Reminds me of my favorite line from the Ninja Turtles movies. Too tell. A little too rough. Hmm. Also, the 07 movie's pretty good. That's worth going back to. Yeah, uh, I love that movie. Also, the original live-action movie, very good. Yeah. The second one, the second and third ones, utter garbage. <laughs> you don't love Kevin Nash as the Super Shredder? No, and I loved that movie as a kid, and I went back to watch, and I was like, this... This is not good. <laughs> Notably, the 07 movie is a sequel to the first movie and bits of the second one, but not all of it. Which is pretty funny. Yeah. But yeah, that movie owns. Let's see. Uh, trying to peek back through the uh, Discord to make sure that... Oh, we were going to have uh, Gaijin's answer to Moncafi's question. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which was the one about uh, questions largely directed to site staff when writing a regular review for the site. Writing a review for the site, is the approach of the review intended to be a critical analysis of the game as a work of art or a product review or as a bit of both? I mean, it is something that you buy, so there is supposed to be a product element to it. Um but uh, I know one of the first things I, one of the first questions I usually ask about a game is, does it actually do what it's supposed to be doing by its designer's um, intent? And um, not all games actually do what they're meant to be doing. And that's usually mm-hmm. a bad sign. So So um, actually, I'm now remembering some uh, rather infamous characters on the old forums who were very insistent on objective reality in video games. Oh, God, that's always the worst. Yeah, Wheels remembers exactly who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, of course, he was insistent that uh, music could be objectively qualified for good or bad in a video game. That was oh. a different issue altogether. Can I solve this with math? Yeah, and again, this was also the guy whose position in the um, in the genre definition war was if it doesn't have a strict class party setup and uh, transition from um, from exploration to battle scene, then it's not a really an RPG. So he was special. I'm I'm impressed because that eliminates things uh, a lot of games that are just D and D games. That eliminated seventy to eighty percent of our entire news catalog. It's, yeah, that's really impressive, but, like, just, like, the concept of, like, I think that might eliminate gold box games, which is... Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he was very he was very much a Dragon Quest, Final Fantasy, and Wizardry person. And he must be really pissed at what uh, Final Fantasy looks like right now. Um, <laughs> well, thankfully, he left a long time before even... Thir- I'm not even sure if he was around for when 13 appeared. Um, yeah, that's, that's probably for the best. 
probably for the best. But yeah, so but getting back to this, it's um, especially um, I usually play a lot of really old games or really <laughs> odd games or really odd games that are intended to look like really old games. And so that's definitely an aspect that I need to take into account when I'm reviewing because um, I mean, I'm, I've seen less professional amateur reviews on the Internet who would say things like, oh, this game's graphics suck flat out zero there. And I'm like, I'm game looking world. at it. This game was intentionally designed to look like it's 16-bit. <laughs> and it looks far, far nicer than any real game ever did in that period. Yeah. What are you complaining about, dude, that it doesn't look like Final Fantasy 15? <laughs> in fact, yes, that is in fact what you're complaining about, dude, isn't it? So... Um, uh... Game should be taken in the context they're intended as much as possible. Yes. So, I'm, like, I was just looking at our brand spanking new review for Collection of Saga, Saga, or um, Final Fantasy Legend 2. Yeah, available which, on the site right now. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> updated, like, this morning, apparently. Um, mm -hmm. And um, and Elman D gave it a, uh, um, a 3 out of 5, which is honestly a pretty fair grade for a game that is, at this point, 31 years old? 32? <laughs> yeah. Um, and obviously you cannot really grade it on graphics. It was hard to grade it on graphics even back in the day because it was a like, first-generation Game Boy game. But they, um, its presentation does exactly what Koazu intended it to do. Hmm. And the, the plot is minimal to a almost to a fault, but that's, again, what it was intended to be because, hey, they didn't have a lot of space on those cartridges. <laughs> and it actually manages to be pretty entertaining, unlike the third one. Um, or the first one, to be honest. Um, so, so I mean, so, like, Final Fantasy Legend 2 is a perfect example of a game achieving exactly what it is, was intended to do and being very enjoyable for it. <laughs> and then... Um, Different example is a good example here. Um, okay, so last month or about month or so ago, I put up a review for Dandy Dungeon. Finally, <laughs> um, and if you read it and then you read like Pascal's review for the Switch version, you will see two very drastically different scores, and opinions, <laughs> and write-ups, and sub everything. And um, again, this. Um, I mean, obviously, we have very different opinions on this game. But I think part of the difference is that, I mean, I stated at the beginning, this was a smartphone game. <laughs> it was designed to be a smartphone game. It was designed to, designed to be an incredibly retro, meta-fictional, meta-textual smartphone game. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you accept that, it's a lot easier to play with. <laughs> a lot of game, uh, a lot of like game reactions are built around how people actually what context people understand the game within yeah and so i i can I mean i'm imagining like pascal had to take it as okay i've got this game i need to finish it as soon as possible to get a review out and that is certainly not how i played that game i took like nine months to <laughs> pretty much finish that game I'm, I'm still logging on to it occasionally because i originally bought it to be a Late night, I'm not sleepy yet, but the girls are asleep and I can't really do anything game. <laughs> and that's about how I played it for nine months. It was just, it was fun in the background. I 
and it was designed as a smartphone game. And I know the original well, that's version. That's exactly had, how it was meant to be played. Yeah, and the original version did have an energy cost system built in, so you could not play too often in a row. So um, I can perfectly imagine that if somebody tried to cram their way through that game, they would get sick and tired of it but well before the end. So well before the end of the starting material, much less the extended material, <laughs> which I have not actually finished yet. I'm, I keep going back and doing extra levels just for fun. Um, but that's a good example of taking it on its merits there. And um, also... It's, it really it pays to know enough about Japanese culture to really be able to laugh at every single, literally almost every single screen in that game. <laughs> so many oddities. So yeah. Very, you'll never mistake it for another kind of game. <laughs> never. But again, it is exactly the kind of game it wants to be. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times, like, there ends up being, like, that's kind of the push-pull of a review system like this, is that you can Honestly, like, because you're you're evaluating what the game is set out to be as well as, and like that does end up being separate from how much you actually enjoyed it, and like also just that that can affect what what kind of scores you're going to give because it's like it's it's both how much did I appreciate this versus how much did would someone who didn't have my set of expectations go for it? Yeah, yeah, I don't have a lot of games where I reviewed it and somebody else reviewed it. Um, but the ones I do, it's it's sometimes very interesting to see where the differences lay. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, um, it's like I did Fantasy Life back when it looked like we weren't going to be getting it in English. And then we got it in English. And I think Strawberry Eggs, or either her or Ocelot, reviewed it. And they they gave it a full, full one point over the score I gave it, just on the strength of the localization. <laughs> which is quite fair. They're quite fair. I mean that um, sort of then, game really needs to needs that kind of charm. So yeah, and then I gave uh, Project Cross Zone a pretty good score, and Jooms gave it like the opposite side score. <laughs> I, I gave it a three point five. He gave it a two point five. But I'm not that big of a um, Super Robot Wars player, and he is. So yeah, we had very different opinions there, and then we had almost the exact opposite um, score swap for Soma Bringer. <laughs> which I'm going to assume that he chose to play a, me- a uh, melee weapon class in that game and not a ranged weapon class like I did. That would <laughs> certainly change several parts of the experience. Yeah. yeah. It would not change the loot-tastic nature of the game and the fact that you have nobody to trade said loot with. <laughs> or any way of equipping your own party members with that loot. Someone's not hurt. <laughs> we had other issues in there. So, um, but yeah. It, it really is good to have multiple reviews for any given game on the site. Or in, in the case of the last thing, the last one that Nix and I pulled, a dual like discussion debate review that had to be edited way, way down from the original length. So, did you read the Atelier Ryza 2 review? I did. That was unique <laughs> that was literally 50 percent of what the original draft was oh wow <laughs> yeah we um yeah severin got um kind of touched us on one line it was like where we said okay buckle in folks this is going to be a long rant and his comment was it wasn't that long a rant and we were like yeah we need to change that line since we had to edit almost all of it out for cussing 
Which it's not not exactly accurate, but pretty close. Where do I go for the director's cut? Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure if it still exists. It got cut to pieces while um it was on a Google Docs thing. Uh, Google Docs would probably have the uh or the older versions in there somewhere, but Oh no, the fun thing was that we were typing in tandem on this, so I was typing something in and Nix would start responding to what I was typing in the paragraph above that. <laughs> yeah, it, it took a while to get this sorted out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's uh, yeah. a unique process. <laughs> yes. It, it was fun because we agreed on quite a few things that were right and wrong about the game. We did not always agree on the severity of our opinions. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah. Which was, in fact, the the entire reason I suggested let's do a joint review in the first place. Yeah, so. and if you're both going to be putting out reviews soon anyway, you can, like, make them sort yeah. of... I mean, I, uh, I probably wouldn't have done a review for it in, on my own anyway because I was playing the Japanese version. Mm-hmm. So, then for the most part, if, the, if I have multiple, or if I have a copied review it's mainly because i played i reviewed the japanese version before the english version was thought to exist yeah except for the alliance live like legend of legacy because i just did those as fast as i could before they got announced (laughs) intentionally just so i could get my word in alliance live hd on switch is apparently a pain in the ass to get hold of It's easy to get the PS4 version, but not the Switch version. Well, it's not super, super expensive yet. Yeah, it's merely like a little more expensive than it was when it first came out at this stage. Yeah, I've been trolling around eBay looking for some random retro games and have found some utter horror and random things like... I was looking to see how much Persona 3 Portable goes for these days, and holy God, what the hell happened? Uh, speculation, uh, just general weirdness. Yeah. Also, <laughs> the terrible original version of Revelations Persona, the cheapest I saw it for was about $400. Oh, that's expensive for a while, even though no, no human being should ever play it. Yeah, no. Uh, mere $76. Oui. Yeah, I, I have regrets now. I'm going to just have to troll eBay, aren't I? Yep. Uh, but hey, it's much cheaper in Korean. <laughs> Annual Haseo. <laughs> Sixty-five dollars. Buy it now. Twenty dollars shipping. We. <laughs> also, it's the Japanese version. Of course. Hey, why are so many of these the Japanese version? Because there's so many. So, I'll tell you wh- why. Which game is this show up cheaper? Alliance Live HD. Uh. For the Switch. Out copies, more Japanese copies. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't think it uh, had the English uh, version on the Japanese copy, or I would even, or I would consider it. But no, I don't think that. Don't think I'm that lucky. Uh, no, that was not a worldwide release, so there's no way. A shame. Bonus paper cutout dolls. Yeah, it's like eighty dollars. Oh god. I don't want to settle for the digital ver- digital version, but I'm probably going to have to. Oh, well. Um, we could try and find a copy that's like an auction. Sometimes you, well, you know what? That's what I was looking at on eBay. Oh, yeah, yeah it's probably not going to work out either anyway. Started asking prices were like $80. Oh, well, I'll work out, I'll work out something later. Um, let's see. Uh, otherwise, I think the Discord questions were... There There wasn't really any questions. There was a battle about the worth of individual parts of FF7 that I'm not wading into unless someone actually asks a question. So Nah, I, I, think, the, uh, I think the Discord just spoke for itself. We don't need to really answer anything else. Especially yeah, since no, Lovin's reaction to our answers the last like, time I'm anyway. I'm touching this unless someone has a question to ask. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot to uh, apologize for the world's cutest co-host last week. She was a bit still under the weather at the time. It's, She's much better now. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, instead we'll uh, talk about something else. <laughs> See, I guess we gotta we we reach into the bag. Oh, it's time to reopen the the long ass list. Okay. Yep. Where to put that thing? Pulling this open. Here we go. Five miners, long ass Q and A list. Take two. Yep, I've got it open as well. So, um, are there any that you guys did that I didn't know? No, we haven't touched with? ones while you were gone. So, starting at, like, number 21? Yeah, that would be the most recent one that isn't marked as answered for me. And it's a it's a it's more of a hardware-related one, so it's right up your alley. <laughs> because people are complaining about game storage space, do you think developers will have less lossless music in their game and go back to compression? Uh, I mean... Like, there's a lot of compressed sound in Switch games to generally get them onto smaller cartridges, but I feel like there's the the people who want to buy games on PS5 and Series X will complain when a game takes up, like, a fifth of their solid-state drive, but at the same time, they will also complain horribly if there's compression on anything. So, yeah, I don't... Again, what, what these people really want in a next-generation console is the holodeck. That's what they want. Yeah, they will not and be happy until they have that level. Anything that is not the uh, the highest uh, fidelity thing imaginable is an ungodly insult aimed directly at them. Uh, Which is a very good description of the American fandom, in a, just in a nutshell. Yeah, but yeah, it's. Uh, I, I I would fully suspect that. Uh, while those complaints will continue to exist, they will not affect the bottom line in any fashion, so they will be ignored. <laughs> but, 
I mean, I, I would be fine with it, but I, I would be fine with compressed sound. I honestly, like, I'll occasionally see people complaining about how compressed uh, any given Switch game sounds and not be able to tell what they're talking about, so I'm not the most tuned ear to sound compression. Mm. Like, you have to, like, bearing in mind that most of the things I listened to as a child were recorded onto cassette tapes, so, like, most anything sounds good to me. Yeah, really. It's like one of those things, like, eh, you know what, it's fine, it's fine. So It's all fine. So, you have to, you have to be, like, real crackly before you can reach the point of bothering me, and nothing on a remotely modern console does that. I mean, like, the last thing, the last console to have, like, a sound that could be compressed in a fashion as to bother me was like the GBA. And that's because a lot of the samples on that are like 11 kilohertz. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, <laughs> it's some really catchy tunes from what was it, all of three or four tones. Yeah. Uh... Yep. Final fantasy legend series, legend of Zelda. Um, Ultima Runes of Virtue. Yeah, although that's original Game Boy, which is less sample based. Mm. Also, to bring it back to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first uh, Ninja Turtles game on Game Boy has a bafflingly good soundtrack that, uh, honestly, is only very, only very sparingly uses the Ninja Turtles theme, and it's mostly just a bunch of like really cool beeping tr- chip tunes. So. <laughs> Uh, recommended if you feel like uh, looking that up. Follow the Foot Clan. I did not own the other Game Boy games, so I don't know how their soundtracks are, but they're probably good. Konami was good at soundtracks at that time. But, yeah. Um, let's see. Do you have opinions on this, Wales? Not particularly. Okay. Uh, this one Gaijin might know a little more about, although I don't think he super keeps up with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, how bad is the arcade business in Japan right now, given that Sega has stepped away from running arcade venues and uh, discontinued services of some, and Square Enix has discontinued services of some of their arcade titles, and which arcade games that should uh, games should have been ported to consoles? Oh, that's well. Lawless. I mean, most of the the classic arcade game centers that still exist exist mainly for nostalgia yeah i mean they've they've converted a lot of old um arcade consoles to like 10 yen discount games and they yeah, just, you can't you can't convince people to pay more than that to play an arcade game a lot of the time yeah um the i mean the ones that still are successful they either tend to be the really interactive stuff like uh taiko no Tatsujin and the um uh, like the gimmicky stuff or the uh, the major co-op fighting game, or not co-op, but uh, competitive fighting games. Yeah, I've seen which like, are, yeah, I've seen like those are still hooked up to the like the national network, and you ha- you can have an ID card and get national registers and things like that. Yeah, I've seen like I'm not sure how I assume these are reasonably successful, but I'm not sure to what degree. But I've definitely seen like child aimed like arcade cabinets that like rely on like cards in some fashion. Oh yeah, those are you. Um, I mean, 
you'll find those at like toy stores even. Yeah, Not I would really imagine that those actually played. probably don't tend to inhabit like game centers. They probably Yeah. I mean the game the major game centers themselves, like there are game centers in a lot of the um, the shopping centers, but a lot of them are like prize based stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, UFO so catchers and such. Yeah, UFO catchers and the coin drop games and things that would probably be illegal in America because they would be gambling. You can still get those in America, but there's just no dedicated, like, no one, I don't think there's a lot of, like, suppliers for them at this stage, but you'll still find them in malls occasionally. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, but I'm talking about stuff that's, like, roughly similar to pachinko. Yeah, that that you probably couldn't get away with, but, like, UFO catchers of, like, here's a UFO catcher that has, like, small stuffed animals and such in it, you'll still find occasionally. Yeah. Now I'm talking about stuff like what got originally got uh, uh, pinball machines banned in some areas. Oh, That's, yeah. How about trying Lucky Hit? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's one of those things like it's been a slower trend, but I think they're kind of on the way out in Japan, just like they were in the U.S. Yeah, it's just they keep surviving longer. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, like photo booths. Mm. Those are still around. Um, those are the other linchpin of the game centers. Yeah, that makes sense. Just novelties, basically. Yes. Gambling and novelties. Because um, that's, that's kind of what arcades can offer you at this stage that you can't get at home. And like that's yeah. really important to get people into an arcade. It's like it has to sell them something they can't get otherwise. So like, I would imagine there's probably still some dancing games in there as well. Yeah, just anything that's really in, very physically interactive and requires like specialized hardware, yeah. you'll find. Yeah. Um, any of the classic arcade stuff that would, I mean, the kind of things that you would normally find on old Nintendos, mm-hmm. nah. No more Galaga uh, or Zebius cabs. Yeah. We conceivably work better as, an, as a console game, even a highly retro one. Yeah. Uh, as for things that should have been ported out of the arcade, uh, Sega's a big culprit here. They kept making arcade games for a, arcade-only games for a baffling period of time. But uh, Sega has never been known for good business practices. Pretty much. Uh, really? But that Sega CD seems like such a good idea. The children will love it. Yeah, so did, will love this. so did the Tower Xbox Power. One DRM scheme, but look at <laughs> Going straight for the jugular. Has, <laughs> everything has to make sense to somebody, but that does not mean it's a good idea. Uh, an idea so bad that they lost a generation. They, uh, they are still recovering from that idea. Um, yeah. And Sony... Who, Microsoft or Sega? Microsoft. <laughs> Sega, Sega never recovered. <laughs> that decision was so bad that Sony basically had to do nothing. They yeah. literally had to give Which, what PlayStation Four and the, yeah. the PlayStation Four no features whatsoever. <laughs> I know. I, I still love the how to share your PS4 game commercial. Oh, it's so savage. <laughs> yeah, so that perfect. was savage, and they completely earned that. And then Sony, like Sony, managed to. That was so savage that Sony managed to skate over the fact that they were going to introduce the fact that you had to pay to play online with the PS4, and like. No one even noticed. Yep. 
even though they had been complaining that Microsoft needed to eliminate the price to play online for like 10 years at that point. It's incredible. Um, but yeah. Um, as for, Oh, Hey Tim. Uh, but yeah, as for things that I would like to see ported out of the arcade, uh, I, I feel like a lot of the things I want might theoretically find their way into a Yakuza game sometime in the next 20 years. <laughs> uh, I mean, the thing Yakuza's been good at is just bringing a virtual arcade. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of times they'll, like, every every game or so, they'll introduce a game that, like, has been rarely ported or never ported. Like, Judgment had... Like, this weird futuristic racing game that I'd never seen before. And, like, looking it up, it's, like, only came out in the arcade. No one's ever played it. And it's like, oh, that's really neat that they did that. I hope they keep doing things like that. Uh, no, I still remember the one time I played a Yakuza game. It was a demo at, at Tokyo Game Show. And they had, I mean, they had people going in in groups to play the demo for 15 minutes at a time. And one of the guys in my group... When he was on the demo, the first thing he did, and the only thing he did for the entire demo period, was go to the arcade in the demo and play as many different games as possible. It's time to play Fantasy Zone and Virtua Fighter 2. Yes. That's the only thing he did. He was right next to me. Whereas I was just walking around and seeing how much of Fukuoka City I could remember from this demo. <laughs> because it, it was Nakas Kawabata's main road. <laughs> And I, I know I've mentioned this before, but I did manage to find the staircase that went down to my favorite bar in that part of town. <laughs> the bar did not exist in the game, but the staircase did. You could tell that it was it would be there if they had chosen to model it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just in general, I would... Uh, the, the ones I would want are things like Daytona USA 2 Battle on the Daytona. Edge that never got a home for it. That game, oh man, I've I've ranted about how good Daytona USA 2's soundtrack is before, but uh, I I just I love uh, everything about it, and also the lyrics to the new songs are completely and brutally insane. <laughs> Allow me to uh, to give you a brief spoken word version. Feel the heartbeat of my machine through this tight seat. I feel every motion of my machine. The race starts when two of us become one. Bright lights fill my eyes. You have no choice but to race. There's no escape. No mistake you can make. Passion of my spirit. Fusion of the engine. Traction of the tires. Kicking up the road. Overtake your rivals. What's up the road? A mirage. Hear the heavenly melody. This, okay, this goes so... on and starts talking about the machine singing it's it's weird i mean i'm if somebody for some reason took it into their head to rewrite the song of solomon from the point of view of an automobile mechanic yeah i was how, i was wondering that, that, what was an elegant the, way to express the feelings that are clearly being <laughs> expressed that, that, in this that, is, that is the level of strangely metaphorical esoteric eroticism that yeah there's here. a lot going on here <laughs> Please, please send me a link with the lyrics at some point. I just want to be able to save this for posterity and possibly inspiration down the road. Just the lyrics, was... or do you want the full song? Both. Okay, um, I'll uh, drop that into the into our group chat. 
Feel the heartbeat of my machine. They they went all out with the soundtrack as well because they uh the arcade dip switches allow you to switch between two different singers. Oh my god. <laughs> it's, you can switch uh between the original Daytona USA uh singer uh who's very clearly Japanese and they also hired a native English speaker to sing all of this as well. So that was a very strange choice to make for a game that they never ported anywhere. Well, possibly they had designs on it. Yeah, well, it was also 1998, and there was nothing they could port it to, because it was really, really... It was honestly probably maybe a little more than the Dreamcast would have been able to handle without some compromises, so... Uh, but let's see... Um... There's uh, the version with the American singer for Slingshot. You have no choice but to race. There's no escape. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mighty Tam says that that song sounds like a Eurobeat song from Initial D. It's a little less Eurobeat when you hear it, but you're not too far off. Um, but yeah. Uh, the, the, I, I want Daytona USA 2 Battle on the Edge in part because it has the full name Daytona USA 2 Battle on the Edge which is an incredible name uh, but Sega was kind of the last company that made things that were only for the arcade that logically should have come out on consoles they made like unoffic- official unofficial Daytona USA 3 as Sega Race TV in 2009 <laughs> and ported it to nothing. Oh. That might show up somewhere because it doesn't have a license associated with it, so that might show up in a Yakuza game eventually. Uh, there's a weird, uh, again, Sega racing game that was like a motorcycle racing game from the late 90s that I saw in one arcade ever and have never seen ever again. Uh but sadly, like, I couldn't even tell you what its name was. It had sort of a Jet Set Radio-esque aesthetic, and I would be very interested in playing it again. Can't, because it, that arcade has shut down. Uh, so that's a shame. Uh, as for other things, there, there's some other things that I would like to see ported to modern consoles, because they're vanishingly hard to get hold of at this stage, but I'm not sure. Uh Oh, an arcade game that I would like to see ported to the home uh, to the home that I have no illusions will ever happen is everything for the Hyper Neo Geo 64, <laughs> which was SNK's abortive attempt to make a 3D capable successor to the Neo Geo that produced, I believe, seven games, maybe six. Uh, let's check Hyper Neo Geo 64. These barely released anywhere. Like, only a handful of cabinets for the Hyper Neo Geo 64 were seemingly ever sold. Uh, Seven games. Seven games total were released for this. uh, Two of which were Samurai Showdown games. Uh, But they're they're weird, uh, very early attempts from SNK at 3D fighting games that are not... Good. Uh, not all of them are good, but they're weird, and that's what I care about. Um, 
and then you know they're they're completely lost to history. Mame doesn't emulate them properly. Uh, the only way uh, they they are the culprit of one of the most confusing uh, naming schemas that has ever occurred in terms of. I'm going to briefly break down the Samurai Showdown games here for this because there's Samurai Showdown 64, and then there's Samurai 60, Showdown 64 Warriors Rage. And then later on PS1, they made a game called Samurai Showdown Warriors Rage, which is a port of neither of those games. Okay. It's a completely unrelated third game. So I don't know uh, quite why this happened. I don't know what they were thinking. Because at the same time, they were also releasing a PS1 port of the... Uh, Hyper Neo Geo 64 game Fatal Fury Wild Ambition, which is not a great port by all accounts. The Hyper Neo Geo 64 version is a pretty okay fighting game. The PS1 version is kind of garbage. But uh, again, it's one of those things that confuses the matter even further because they released a game that sounds for all the world like a port of Samurai Showdown 64 Warriors Rage that is an unrelated product. <laughs> no guesses. No guesses what they were thinking of. Uh, but yeah, uh, there's that. And then there's the very strange, uh, fighting game, Bariki One, which... that's, um, like 10 blocks or something like that? It's, like, very specific, like, it's a weird game because it's, like, trying to actually simulate, like, a karate tournament. You actually fight for points. Mm-hmm. And, like, downs and all that. So it's, like, it's it's very strange, but it also has, like canonical SNK characters in it like the final the secret final boss is the protagonist of the art of fighting games <laughs> it's a very confused product uh, but they occasionally reference it because it's like the only canonical version of that character uh, that has him older and having taken up the mantle of Mr. Karate 2 so, you know, important for some reason. Uh, but yeah, I, I want all of those to be ported to the home. I don't think any of them essentially ever will be. Uh, but hey, who knows? SNK today announced that they were releasing 10 Neo Geo Pocket Color games on a Switch cartridge that they intend to sell you. So who knows? Maybe. SNK is weird, man. Yeah. I mean, I want Dark Arms Beast Buster, but I don't think I don't know how many other people do. But I don't know what that is, but it sounds cool. Uh, have you ever heard that's of Beast Busters? No. I'm gonna say that's the reaction that they're going for. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but it sounds cool. So Beast Busters is like I want to say it's basically a light gun game of some description. Uh, I'm not sure if it's literally a light gun game or not, but. Yeah, it's it's definitely got like yeah, it's a rail shooter basically, um, that I believe just slightly predates the Neo Geo, which is the only reason they could have made it because it, the Neo Geo is strictly a joystick and four buttons. But uh, Dark Arms Beast Buster, they took that where Beast Buster was essentially like think uh, aesthetically like House of the Dead. Mm-hmm. They took that and they made it a top-down action RPG. Okay. And that's what Dark Arms Beast Buster is. 
and that's getting re-released, which is fascinating because I would not have guessed that it would ever come back, but here we are. It's getting re-released on Neo Geo Pocket Color Selection Archives Volume 1, which is also a bold claim to make by just starting with Volume 1. And uh, I guess I guess they plan to do more. Maybe maybe people can get that card Card Fighters Clash uh, re-release that they've been pining for for decades at this stage. Hope springs eternal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's uh, <sighs> yeah. I, I want the Hyper Neo Geo sixty four library. This has nothing to do with RPGs. Uh, I don't care. I want the Hyper Neo Geo sixty four to be games to be playable on modern consoles. Uh, that would require a lot of bespoke emulation work for seven games, none of which has any real name value, except for maybe Samurai Showdown and Fatal Fury. And even then, not a lot of name value. They're important, dang it. Uh, in any case, moving on, I guess. Unless Wheels has, like, something trapped in the arcade that he uh, cries at the moon for. Uh, nothing that hasn't been re-released at some point elsewhere. Just things that are, like, were re-released and no longer accessible. Like, you know, some of the Marvel versus Capcom stuff and things like that. Yeah, those come back every so often whenever yeah. Capcom strikes a deal. So those might actually come back again. Uh, uh I would like, like, a real, like... Because, like, every time they bring them back, they usually bring back, like, MVC 1 and 2. And I would like a real, like, collection of all of the... The, the whole evolution of the Capcom Marvel series. Because they did... Because, I mean, they start out with Children of the Atom, and then Marvel Super Heroes, and then X-Men versus Street Fighter, and then Marvel Super Heroes versus Street Fighter. And all those are weird and worth playing, but I don't think any of those have been re-released since the Sega Saturn. Sorry. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, what else I was going to say? There was a weird arcade Luigi's Mansion game I played, but I don't know even know how they would translate to that to a, a console because it was very because based around a peripheral. I know, I know at least one game center in right now in Japan that has that. So. Yeah, that's a uh, Nintendo doesn't typically make arcade games themselves, so that's definitely partnered with someone. But and it's mm -hmm. like the arcade game like, theoretically is supposed to be based. Oh, they partnered with Capcom to make that. What the hell? Uh, but theoretically, like supposed to be based off of uh, Dark Moon. Uh, and yeah, apparently got an official U.S. release in spring of 2017, where it mostly just wound up in a bunch of Dave and Buster's. But yeah, that's where I uh, played it. <laughs> there's a couple of there's a couple of arcade-only Mario Kart games as well, for some ungodly reason. I've played some of those. They aren't that great. Yeah, they're they're made by Namco, which is why Pac-Man is in some of them. Yep. Uh, but yeah, they're not they're not super exciting. Uh, it would be kind of neat to see F Zero AX come back in some fashion. That was the arcade counterpart to the GameCube's F Zero GX, 
which was made in collaboration with Sega. But yeah, that's just one of those things. Like, it'd be nice. But I, I don't suspect any of these will be coming back anytime soon. Sadly, uh, there's a lot of very funny arcade-only things. Uh, I really like the uh, Japan-only Half-Life Two arcade. <laughs> which weird. Oh, it's a weird. Uh, it's called Half-Life Two Survivor, and it it's just a condensed version of the Half-Life Two campaign that you would play in an arcade, uh, with uh, like it's, it's it's controlled via joysticks and foot pedals. Huh. Uh. And yeah, it's it's a very strange uh, mutated version of the Half-Life 2 uh, campaign that people have actually like modded original Half-Life 2 to actually have that campaign just so just for the interest of it. But very silly thing. Like a lot of a lot of those things. Like you look into a lot of these arcade games released in the past, like within the past 20 years. And it's just like, Oh, this is mostly like a weird novelty that would be kind of cute to see, but like, I don't think anyone's really pining for it. So, but yeah, I've gone down my list and I don't know that, uh, Wales has any more other than Luigi mansion. (laughs) Uh, I don't think so. Most of them would be like games that like, they're fun because you sit down and use the gun peripheral or something, and they, they, basically they're only in arcades for obvious reasons, not. Yeah. Not for anything. So else. personally, yeah. I would love my own Taiko no Tatsujin machine. Yeah, they sell like these mini drums that are nice, but they're not the experience of actually hitting a Taiko no Tatsujin drum. Yeah. There's a there's an arcade in downtown Seattle that has like a proper uh, cool. Taiko no Tatsujin. That's always fun when it's not a pandemic and you can go play it. <laughs> Feel the happy machine. Uh, yeah. Uh, I suppose now would probably be the time to move on. Uh, number 23. Has the Switch become a successful platform for online multiplayer games? And what do you think Nintendo could do better... Uh, due to better their online infrastructure for Switch games. I mean, people play Nintendo games online. I'm not sure if they play much else, but I'm also not super the audience. I generally don't actually enjoy playing. Oh, yeah, Fortnite, I think, definitely has a presence there. Like People people will not run away from the Switch as an online uh, object, but I don't think it's most people's first choice, and I'm not sure if there's like a good way to fix that to begin with. Yeah, Uh, I've play like overwatch on there a lot and do not usually have any trouble finding a match pretty quick so when are you gonna play apex legends on there i've been playing it like all week <laughs> oh that's the platform you were playing it on yeah of course yeah but i mean that's that's cross platform cross platform and yeah i think that's, that's true of a lot of these like yeah. bigger ones though i'm not sure if overwatch is but i'm pretty sure fortnite and uh apex are yeah, Overwatch is not, and, and that, mm. that's why it's impressive. Like the other one, like I occasionally play with crossplay off on uh, Apex, and that can be 
be harder to find a match, but I, that's, I imagine most people are just playing with crossplay on. So yeah, uh, I, I mean, there's I, no reason not to. Yeah. I think that's, I, I don't think it really matters what Nintendo does. I think the feature is generally more crossplay, as yeah. a lot of multiplayer games are going to be this free to play model and you know everyone plays they just want to like once you go onto that free-to-play model the correct answer is to get yourself onto as many platforms as possible right yeah yeah so Uh, who knows i i mean they're never going to get the people who were playing uh call of duty anyway so yeah well i mean and the landscape, I think, has kind of changed. It used to be that, oh, yeah. you know, you'd play online and you'd need voice chat and all that built into the console itself. I love, I just like to, I don't mean to interrupt you too much, but I love the degree to which over the past 15 years I have seen the landscape shift from it would be horrendous to not play with voice chat on to please I will pay extra to never hear a random person again. Yeah, I don't even uh, it's true. I don't even mean with random people though, like playing yeah, with friends. Yeah. Like that... if you want to play with people, if you want to play with a group, you have probably like a Discord call or something right. to be talking. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. It, that didn't used to be the case. People used to be you need it built into the console because that was just the best best way to do it. Yeah. But now everyone has whatever they want on their smartphones, and most likely they're going to use that anyway, even if you offer something else. So Nintendo really doesn't need to offer it, and it, kind of confused me that people seem to think that they did because i need to i need to be like racially denigrated by like just all of the nation's 12 year olds uh, did you ever see the the video on youtube it was this guy whose actual xbox um, gamer tag was xbox sign out <laughs> oh no oh no yes <laughs> Uh, uh, he did this on purpose just to see how many people he could troll because he knew that the natural inclination of most gamers was to shout somebody's name whenever they were frustrated. And, and so he had a like, like had this, a montage like, okay. of people accidentally signing themselves out. Oh my god. Or actually just having Xbox have the pop up, do you really want to sign out? And they're like, What? Because <laughs> they hadn't even realized that they shouted his gamer tag. I do appreciate, I, I'm remembering, like, in, like, Oath 4, when people were, like, when, uh, 04, early 05, when Halo 2 had just come out, and someone talking, someone sending letters into, like, EGM, talking about how they had uh, rigged up a system uh, to just pipe audio directly from their computer into their microphone, uh, just so that it would, like, anyone who went near them would have to listen to MC Hammer's You Can't Touch This. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I mean, dedication and the correct answer of just don't interact with people online if you can help it. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, there we are. There we are. Uh, yeah, I think that the landscape sort of shifted around. They're needing to be, like, major change. Like, the the thing that Nintendo needs at this point is just, like, more better infrastructure. But that's, like, you know, yeah. always just something that will come with time and investment right. that they're slowly making. And again, and as a lot of, like, the third-party titles move to, like, cross-play, they don't even necessarily need that. They just need to be have internet access. Yeah, at this point it just becomes a case of people want 
Smash to play a little better online. That's what you're yeah. hoping for eventually. But, I mean, also like people people crying out for rollback netcode on Smash. I'm not sure how feasible that is for a much less deterministic game like Flat Smash. They won't uh, what? Did rollback netcode? You know the fighting game thing, rollback netcode? No, I don't. It's basically like netcode the can sort of roll back to a uh, prior state to keep both players sort of in sync. Uh, interesting. And it does that instead of like the traditional uh, thing that most everything uses is delay-based netcode, where it's like it waits until it sort of has that handshake agreement to react to what you put in, which causes that lagginess. But that kind of works for fighting games in part because it's uh, in a traditional 2D fighter, there's only a handful of things that could have happened in that time. And so, like, you can sort of fix... Like, the, the rollbacks are not necessarily going to be noticeable, or, like, you can simulate other states without completely destroying yourself. Smash, because of the whole platform fighter nature and, like, item spawns and everything else that can happen. It's just like, eh, this might not be feasible. But who knows? I'm not exactly up and up on the tech. It's just one of those things like, I, I don't know how, how likely it's even possible to make rollback netcode work, netcode work in Smash. Uh, probably probably much less feasible than any one of the fans would like to think. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the case. But, uh, Let's move on to something near and dear to my heart. Uh, question pizza. 20. Hmm? Pizza. Daytona? Oh, man. I do love pizza in Daytona, but I was going to move on to the next question. Yo, let's, let's table that question for a moment. Okay. Okay. How is the pizza in Seattle? Out of curiosity. Oh, that's good. You got a lot of options. I mean, yeah. it's a city. Mm -hmm. that's, you're going to find... Many options, great and small. Why do you ask? Because uh, I live in, I live in the Northeast, and we are spoiled by amazing pizza. So I'm always. Ah, uh, you're gonna tell me about New Yorker pizza and shit, aren't you? No, Connecticut pizza is better. Sorry. <laughs> every every like everywhere is everywhere is convinced that they have the best pizza. It's inescapable. Uh, I've been to have some of the other places pizza, and they are wrong. So how does Connecticut pizza differ from New York style? It's spelled P-I-Z-C-Z-A. That's why. <laughs> There's an extra T in there somewhere as well? No, nah, just a C. Uh, I don't even know like a good way to explain it. It's a little more like crispy and like wood oven. It's a subtle, it's a subtle change. Yeah, it's a subtle change, but it's an important one. Tam, Tam puts forward that the that New Mexico does not have the best pizza, but it does have the best burritos and tacos. And no, I'm jealous. I want some burritos now. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. No, there's there's just a lot. Like I'm not exactly a like. Uh, I just I enjoy pizza. There's a lot of different kinds that I can get hold of, so I have nothing to complain about. <laughs> yeah, I can't be too much of a snob either. I grew up loving Pizza Hut, so there you go. So there's there's like there's so many good kinds of pizza. It would be foolish to limit yourself. Yeah. 
As a wise man once said, even bad pizza is still pizza. That's true, that's true. I'm trying to think of if I've ever had like a pizza that was just entirely unpalatable and it's not coming to me, so probably not. It, it's more that's usually more a matter of topping choice. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's Margarita fair. pizza is a non starter for me. I forget really? what even is. Like... Uh, that's the classical um, Italian red, uh, white, and green one. It's got mozzarella, basil, and tomato, and nothing else. Yeah, it's and it's like fresh tomato, and fresh tomato just makes me nauseous. I don't know why. Oh, like straight up, well, just like tomatoes yeah. on it. No, yeah. that it also depends on the variation because over here it's usually either sun dried or just tomato sauce. Okay. For a mark. Sun dried. I'm not. I'm not huge right. on just like chunks of tomato myself, so I understand. Yeah. So where do we all stand on the pineapple question? That's fine. I don't mind. You're all wrong. Are you angry? <laughs> no, it's fine. I don't care. <laughs> Do you not care for it, though? Oh, hell no. Uh, it's fine. It's not usually the first topping I would go for, but it's fine. What Tam say? Domino's thin crust with Alfredo sauce, spinach, tomato, and bacon? Oh, that's clever. Uh, well, I mean, Domino's has had better sauce in recent years. That's about all I can say on that. I just remembered, I, I don't think I've ever actually eaten Domino's. There just wasn't one nearby. Oh, they opened a new Domino's near my school, actually. So I, I have it fairly often. More often than the local Pizza Hut, because the local Pizza Hut will not deliver to my apartment. Oh, uh, that'll do it. Oh, no, it's even better. There are four Pizza Huts in the city, and they've got specific ranges from the store that they will go to yeah. and my apartment is in a two block zone that is literally in the center to. of this map <laughs> but it's outside all of their ranges wow incredible yeah i'm curious uh how much do they serve like more traditionally american style pizza versus uh, more japanese style pizzas in these uh Pizza Hut and Domino's specifically market on American style. Okay, that makes sense. That's their so, that's a, a yeah. defining trait for them there, I would imagine. Yep. Plus, it's they're the only stores that actually do pepperoni to any extent. Though some oh, of the yeah. Japanese some of the Japanese pizza places have started um, offering pepperoni as a topping as well, just as a uh, to a novel. Survive. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know where this this question came from, but yeah, Seattle Pizza is pretty fine. Like there's, I, I wouldn't say that it's, there's like a regional specialty that I'm aware of, but I mean there's plenty of fine pizza joints. <laughs> Just like most everything else here, it's like you can get hold of. It, it, it's a big enough place that you can get hold of most anything that you're really looking for. <sighs> it's a lot of good ramen shops here. Oh, yeah, if you want to get into arguments in Japan, it's like, which place has the best ramen? Oh, I'd imagine that's uh, hellish. Oh, no, it's just fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the, um, the kind of thing that uh, there's a lot uh, of uh, options, so there's a lot of chance to have discussion about it. <laughs> you know, there's, a, there's a shopping center in Fukuoka City called Canal City, and yeah. one section of the fourth floor is called Ramen Stadium. It is a 10-restaurant <laughs> complex, all ramen, and they have rating systems, and you can vote. And every like every quarter, they switch out at least one store based on popularity. 
think this is the next season of Iron Chef. Yeah, it's Ramen Royale. But no, I mean, it's all different regional variations and styles. Oh, incredible. So um, literally any type of ramen, base type of ramen that you like, you can find it up there. Oh, that sounds so good. Yep. Uh, someday. <coughs> and, yeah. and Reels, this is the same shopping center that has the dedicated Yokai Watch level five store. <gasps> oh my God. Yes. That still exists? Still exists, at least the last time I was up there. Nice. About a year and a half ago. Uh, remember when we were supposed to get Yokai Watch 4? wonder what happened to that. Don't remind me. Uh, yeah, that. I, I swear they announced that, didn't they? They did. And they just haven't spoken of it since. Yep. They did a they did an update that was called Yokai Watch Four Plus Plus. Uh, new features and additions such as new map and enemies, as well as multiplayer mode. Uh, that release was also available in Chinese. I'm not sure what became of Yokai Watch Four English. Wow. I'm checking to see if there is any <laughs> indication of what the hell happened here. Well, level five U.S. branch shut down. Yeah, that that's not good news. <laughs> uh, there's a fan translation announced for some reason. Uh, <laughs> this is this. Poor tragic yokai watch reddit that I'm looking at. It's just like no news on the English release. This question gets asked every other day. Uh, As opposed to the poor, poor Metal Max subreddit, which has almost nothing. Yeah. 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 Well, at least it yeah. exists. <laughs> oh, and it is weird. Oh, that oh, oh, there is actual news about Metal Max, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. We need to talk about that. Yeah, they actually announced some of the plans for upcoming. I'm like, I cannot possibly muster any level of hope right now, but I am willing to consider in the future, maybe. Wasn't there cowboys involved? Yeah, one of them is like Middle Max Wild West. I'm into that idea. That fits. Um, It's already off of the main front page here? Wow. Busy news cycle recently. One moment. <laughs> uh, Speaking of news cycle, that reminds me we have some sort of Square Enix direct tomorrow. I think. Oh yeah, Square Enix is supposed to be doing something. Mm. Now I'm seeing some new... Here we go. Uh, here we go. Middle Max stuff. Oh. Sorry, we going to keep talking about that. No, I was just going to say they're announcing some sort of new um, Eidos Montreal games. I, I am curious what that will be. I could guess Deus Ex something. I'm I was pretty sure they had said that franchise was on ice for the foreseeable future, but maybe I'm guessing not Deus Ex something then. <laughs> okay, okay, back to Metal Max here. First of all, apparently Middlemax Xeno Reborn was such a dog that they actually retitled the sequel. 
What? <laughs> it is now officially Metal Max Wild West. You know what? And just, just let's just ignore everything we said already. It's a different game now. <laughs> yes, I mean it was a, it was originally officially Metal Max Xeno Reborn Two, and now it is Metal Max Wild West because they know they screwed up. <laughs> like I think at this point they consider Metal Max Xeno as a brand to be unsalvageable. <laughs> yes, and, I mean. I think Seriously, they're right. When my, when my final take on the impression of the remake was, it makes me nostalgic for the original game, and the original game sucked. Yeah. <laughs> this is bad. I, I appreciate I that the they game. understand the how bad of a position they put that themselves sucker. in. Um, and then it all, it's, having, it's got a roguelike action spinoff about the dogs, about Pochi. Okay, that's appealing. That is also appealing. Yes, it's a, it's going to be on Steam Early Access in sometime this summer. That's wild. <laughs> With an estimated two to four months in Early Access. You know what? Um, again, I am sorely tempted here. <sighs> and then the third part I, had, I should have expected because Success has tried to do stuff with Metal Saga IP in recent past, but they are actually, they've actually announced a new project in Metal Saga. I'm not curious Max. what they Saga. consider the distinction to be there. Well, I, I remember playing um, Ark of the Waste, their smartphone mm-hmm. game, and um, there there were some really weird enemy designs that only showed up in Metal Saga for PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. So basically anything that is in the PlayStation 2 or DS game that is not specifically trademarked by... Met, um, Katakawa at this point is probably includable. That includes all enemies that are specific to those two games. It's mostly just weird because they brought it up with the actual proper Metal Max stuff. Yeah, which it's strange. Yeah, yeah. like you would like to to bring those two together but treat them as separate it makes it somehow weirder? I mean, this is Somewhere just above Sony and Marvel cooperating on Spider-Man levels yeah. of how did this come about because of the just the sure sheer you history hated each other of trademark battle here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, so that, oh, yeah, more details about all three games are expected during a special 30th anniversary birthday eve stream on May 23rd, 2021. Mark your calendars. Yeah, that's I, I'm going to mark my calendar because that is going to be an interesting situation. So um, who isn't excited about metal dogs? I was gonna say Pochi is the most popular character in the remake. To be fair, justified. <laughs> Quite justified. Um so Yeah. Ah. Wise of them to remake to just rechristen Xeno Reborn to, and just try to cut that off as much as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So here's here's to hoping for a brighter future in the nuclear wasteland. Um, yes. But yeah. Uh, we also was going to point out, I lost Montreal's last game was uh, Marvel's Avengers. Oh, yeah. So they were they were 
uh, additional work under Crystal Dynamics during that. So, uh, God only knows what they'll be doing. <laughs> C5. I don't think that that's going to happen. No, it is not. That was not a popular reboot. It wasn't even a particularly unpopular reboot. It was an immediately forgotten one. Yes. It wasn't very good. probably the worst thing. Yeah. It's not even that bad. It's just... Meh. Yeah. It's okay. You get it for like three bucks now. It's, It's worth it for that. Yeah, you'll you'll probably get a couple hours and like, eh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And you'll get bored, just like we all did. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how much they can salvage that Avengers game. I expect we'll get some updates on that tomorrow. It's got a nice single player. Yeah, but they want you to be playing that multiplayer. I don't want to. Does anyone? Not really. <laughs> I, I didn't get the sense that anyone particularly liked the multiplayer. No, they did not. Just a very... Eh. 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 But they're probably going to announce their big plans to try to salvage it. So. I don't know. Don't worry, you can only play a Spider-Man on your PlayStation 5. Oh. Oh. Or I can just play uh, Ultimate Alliance 3 and play as three different Spider-Mans. Oh man, which Spider-Mans are in that? Peter Parker, obviously. Miles Peter Parker Edson. and Spider-Gwen. Oh, nice. It's always fun to see. And maybe Scarlet Spider? Wow, Ben Riley dug out of the grave. Yeah. Keep going, I'll uh, look it up. Now I must know. Remember the Clone Saga? Let's all think about the Clone Saga. That was weird. When is that going to be an RPG? It's like a million Spider-Mans. It's a million Spider-Mans. It goes on forever. Yeah, but now we have... No, they need need to do the Darkwing Duck comic book where they had multiple universe versions of him. Oh, I'm not ready for that. Oh, no, apparently it was hilarious because the original plan was for, to have, like, eight, and the artist just went to town and came up with, like, 60. Wow. <laughs> yes. And it was just it was just pure hilarious insanity. Right down, all the way down to bowling ball Darkwing Duck. He was a bowling ball with a hat. You know, sure, why not? rolled through the gullies of the night. <laughs> That's, I'm not ready for that. Um... I am going to say, I'm just imagining that if Marvel had had the rights to Spider-Man when they started the MCU, we would be on, like, our third Clone Saga movie at this stage. Yes. And you know what? MCU is better for it. Yeah, not being uh, having access to that kind of story was probably for the best. Yeah. Oh, no, I, mean, I mean, just from an, editor- like an editorial standpoint, sometimes limitations are what make things better in a game or a story and being so severely limited on their a-list characters made them go back through the and pick up everybody else and say what can we do with this and it can be kind of interesting to rapidly learn to do something with iron man that wasn't demon in a bottle what were you saying i was saying Hmm? like guardians of the galaxy is probably something that wouldn't have happened otherwise 
there's no way it would have happened if they were not already like sure that they could do pretty much anything they wanted and make money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really enjoying looking at the list of comics that the Clone Saga was actually told in. Oh, jeez. Uh, by the way, Venom is the fourth spider person in Ultimate Alliance 3. There's so no Scarlet well. Spider. No Scarlet Spider. <laughs> that's a shame. I think that's too much of a deep cut for that game. I think that's also one of those point. things that Marvel likes to avoid acknowledging. Yeah. Hunk. How, how about the Scarlet Go. Spider in the Ultimate Universe where it was a girl instead? Oh, man. I love Ultimate Spider-Man. <laughs> Uh, during the mid-1990s, Marvel consistently published four monthly Spider-Man series, roughly one every week. Yeah, there was that's like peak Spider-Man. For the most part, the Spider-Titles were treated during the storyline as a single weekly series. Although news, occasionally news they would man. separate, pair off, or have special anniversary editions. They're not far the off from that ran currently, man. All four. <laughs> what? They're not far off from that currently, man. Oh, I know. I know. I'm just saying, like, imagine having four... Like, you would think that the point... Uh, how many current Spider-Man titles are running? I'm curious. Oh, God. Um, Miles, Spider-Gwen, those are a little more infrequent. And yeah. And there's Amazing and... Spectacular or something, Spectacular, probably. Something like that, and some other one. But the thing is, like, you three. would think... You would think that these would at least be at least occasionally telling different stories, especially Miles and Spider-Gwen are probably telling somewhat different stories than the Peter Parker ones. Yes. In this case, they were they were just like there were four different Spider-Man comic series concurrently running, but they were all telling the same story, which is insane. That's weird. Mm hmm. On <laughs> this was told ongoing through Web of Spider-Man's uh, 117 through 124, as well as Super Specials number one and 125 through 129. Web of Scarlet Spider one through four, Sensational Spider-Man zero through eleven, Wizard Mini Comic number three, Amazing Spider-Man 139 through 151, 391 through 393, 394 through 401, Super Special number one, 402 through 406, 407 through 416, Annual 96 number one, 417 through 418, and 435. Can I just express my confusion at the existence of Annual 96 number one? <laughs> what does that mean? Annual 1996? Yes. But then why would you even need to number Why that? would there be more than one of those? <laughs> Amazing Scarlet Spider numbers one and two. Spider-Man. <laughs> there was something just called Spider-Man at that point. I'm not used to that. I'm used to it being Amazing Spider-Man because that's what it always is. Spider-Man, Scarlet Spider, Spectacular Spider-Man, Spectacular Scarlet Spider, Spider-Man Unlimited, Scarlet Spider Unlimited, Venom Super Special, Giant Size Spider-Man, The New Warriors. Yeah. Doing... Yeah. How is there a Green Goblin number one? <laughs> what is that? Yes. Best left forgotten. Absolutely, obviously. Uh, Spider-Man team-up, Daredevil, Backlash slash Spider-Man, and Marvel fanfare. Gee, I wonder why people... like. I wonder why the comics industry super, super crashed in the 90s. Hmm. Uh-huh. Furthermore, all the titles were temporarily... All five titles were temporarily renamed with Scarlet Spider in place, in place of Spider-Man for two months. 
in imitation of the X-Men Age of Apocalypse story light story arc with web of scarlet spider continuing for an additional two months after the other titles returned and then there was like a million one shots with names like maximum clonage <laughs> sounds fake but apparently it's this is the collected editions of this are one twelve books how Okay, well, I've learned too much, dug too greedily and too deep, and now want to die. Um, well, let me counter that with an interesting story they just had in the Miles Morales comic book. Yes. So you know how he, Miles ended up in the main Marvel universe due to weird shenanigans? Yeah. As, as it happens, yes. Yes. So they introduced a new villain that was the that is the original Miles Morales from the main Marvel earth that is trying to send miles back to the ultimate universe an earth that doesn't exist anymore yes i think that's called killing him essentially yes <laughs> okay that's i i mean that inevitably had to happen because there had to be a miles in this one yeah i'm curious what happened there uh, I mean, he ends up defeating him, but his uncle. Well, I mean, obviously, his uncle gets sent through. So it seems like they're setting up some future thing to do with that. So we so should like see. he got sent to something. Yes. Somewhere. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm it's, just it's curious it, where the villainy of of six sixteen miles came from. Uh, the fact that he got replaced. <laughs> So Literally not, replaced. What? I I I, just, I see. I joined up in the middle of the storyline because I don't. So I don't know exactly what the hell the deal with it is. So I'll have to look. I'll have to read back on it some more. I'm, I'm looking this up right now because yeah. I'm very curious. Uh, okay. Blah blah blah. Okay. Introduce. Okay. Secret Wars. His, okay, so it seems to have been some fallout from, like, Secret Wars 2 or 3. I don't know how many Secret Wars there have been. Too many. Too many. But they were, <laughs> they were, given, they were made 616, like, as their home universe. Like, his, back, his background cast got pulled in. Uh, and then, of course, 616 already had a Miles Morales. Uh... That we didn't know about at the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who got essentially? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm. I'm. I am enthralled by this weirdness at this stage. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure why he was apparently in prison beforehand. Uh, like this. This description I'm seeing is just talking about how after being released from prison, and I'm just like, what? Why was uh, he, he there before? He was just a criminal to begin with. Oh, rude. Uh, I mean, his uncle was like a villain. So. Prowler, yeah. Let's see. Uh, girlfriend killed. Uh, of course. Got jungled up with the kingpin, I guess. And uh, they, they're kind of like pulling on 
like some of the ideas from Spider Verse with this because it's like Fisk is offering uh, him like the capacity to like build a machine to take him to another Earth where his girlfriend's still alive. Mm. So yeah, that's definitely them being like, eh, Spider Verse worked out pretty well. Everybody likes Spider Verse, yes. Unlike the comic book, Spider Verse was named after. Uh, let's see, but yeah, that's a, that's a very strange choice. I'm not. I mean, it it makes sense to eventually like point out like there was probably a Miles in this world, but yeah, I don't know if it's good, but it's definitely neat. It's very comic book. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh... So yeah, uh, we've we've left uh, this world behind, and I think uh, I am just about mentally dead. So. <laughs> We so, ready to pack it in? So I shouldn't bring up the weirdness where Spider-Gwen has a whole storyline where she's going to college in the main Marvel Universe and just casually jumping between dimensions every day? No, no, not That's right now. That's one mute. It's weird, and I don't much care for it. <laughs> you guys no, are not making now. me miss the American comic book scene any. Yeah, really? it, has I mean... its, it has its ups and downs. There's a lot of downs. Yeah. Have you been writing the uh, current Spider-Man comics? Uh, I'm not sure. Honestly, the insistence that everything possible be connected together hermeneutically is just insane. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. If, if manga was organized the way um, Marvel and DC were, then somehow Naruto, Bleach, and One Piece would all somehow be on the same planet as Dragon Ball. Finally. Yeah, but but can I read that? Because that sounds awesome. <laughs> I'm sure if you look deep enough in fanfiction.com, you will find it. Probably, you'll probably find a lot of it. Many of it disagreeing on how it should be, uh, how they should be integrated, and the other half somehow gender swapping every single character. Listen, I have no, I have no response to this. Okay, apparently it's being written by uh, Nick Spencer as of late, who I just remember for being that guy that was just like, what if everyone was, what if I made the other world where everyone was a Nazi? I'm pretty sure that's that guy. Oh, Oh, great. Yeah. I think he was the secret empire dude. All I know is Bendis is no longer with Marvel. And that's kind of sad. Yay. Bendis was the one that, uh, did the ultimate Spider-Man. So that makes me a little sad. Yeah, uh, yeah. no, he did Secret Empire, which did not seem like a well-thought-out event, I'll put it that way. <laughs> that describes a whole lot of events in the Marvel Universe. Normally like, they're less poorly thought out than that one. Civil War II? I, I don't remember. <laughs> I know that Civil War II happened, I know nothing about it. Me neither. Unlike original Civil War, which I have heard nothing but horrible things about. It's, and it was it, fun, Civil War One. <laughs> from what I've heard, Civil War Two makes Civil War One look good in comparison. That's impressive. It's also cited as one of the number one reasons why people don't like Captain Marvel. The other one being Brie Larson. Yeah, but let's not go into that. Oh, yeah. um, well, that's that's a whole lot of different issues. Right whole there, whole other kettle yeah. of fish. Um, yeah, apparently some of the mommy issues, but oh well. Yeah, uh, and let's see. Yeah, apparently 
Bendis does Superman comics now. Huh. Yeah. Oh, well. Good for him. Uh, so, yeah, because where day. do you go when you are through just wrecking something else? You go to DC. Okay. Harsh. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I I really have nothing but bad, harsh takes for anything comic-related in America. That's, that's fair. That's fair, but, well, he, but he made my, Miles. He made Miles. He did make Miles. He made a lot of good Ultimate Spider-Man comics. That yeah. was his element. Stop clock, dude. Stop clock. I'm just saying, I like Brian Michael Bendis. But, uh, let's see. But, yeah, let's let's uh, close the book on this since we're getting progressively more distracted by the minute. Uh, if you would like uh, to send us questions... Hmm? 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 Let us talk about <laughs> Aquaman. No. Uh, <laughs> don't make me bring up the Aquaman GameCube game. Um, so, no, let, let's just leave him as he is now that he's finally cool across most media yes don't ruin him again for the love of god hey at least we're the one uh at least we're the nerd podcast that doesn't have to have like a knockdown drag out about whether the new just cut of justice league is any good it sucks Um, and i haven't seen it yet okay well that (laughs) i don't care that's quite a lot i have not seen it yet i haven't seen either cut i don't think i've seen a dc movie in years um you should watch aquaman maybe one day uh, but yeah, so let's move. Let's let's just finish this podcast before we all die. Um, so if you would like to leave us questions, you can leave them in the comments section on this very podcast that you've just listened to, or you can leave them in the uh, podcast section of the Discord. Yes, please let us know your favorite terrible comic book event. Oh, don't I don't I don't want <laughs> I don't want to hear about the lot, nine million origins of Hawkman. <laughs> well, if you want something better and more interesting to read, hey, I've got a series on Kindle Unlimited. Go for it, Pizza, Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, Michael Yarimizu. Um, as much random, um, not it's um, I can't believe it's not Dungeons and Dragons uh, jokes as possible. Uh, just hey, what's enjoy. The record of war? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, currently, yeah, currently three bound volumes available as well. And yes. I believe nine parts are out. Maybe a tenth is almost out. Um, well, I'm still waiting on a cover for the tenth ah, one. Gotcha. Plus, I'm slowly, slowly but surely getting closer to publishing the fourth paperback. So more volumes forthcoming. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. I can assure you, it's much more consistent than your average American comic book. I do that try. Is the faintest praise you could have damned it with. Um, uh, way more consistent. <laughs> but yeah, so that's available. Uh, give it a look. I was say so's and Pan Man, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think there's a lot of context in Wheels' brain for on Pan Man. I have no idea. Well, too bad. I actually, I actually cribbed a character from Anpan Man and translated it to Pathfinder just for kicks, and then <laughs> used it in the story. Might, so. might as well. Yeah, it's the kind of thing kids do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, otherwise, I think that does it for us. Mm-hmm. See ya, Space Cowboys. See ya.